Welcome to Motivation. A show for females that need more awesomeness and want more happiness in this world. Motivation, inspiration, tips, good stories, laughter, and balance. My awesome co-super women in this swirling sisterhood of power. Let's fire up that motivation and let's dive in. With, of course, your happy host, me, Monica. Welcome to this Motivational Monday again. Season 2 of Motivation has started. And this week? This week we have our first guest of this season. How exciting! Because what's even more exciting, today me and my guest are talking about intentional imbalance. Yes, but before we do, let me start this show first. Welcome, my dear listeners and motivators. If you still have no idea who I am, well, you know, I am your host, Monica Alving. I'm a speaker and coach for women in life, health and business. As I feel everything is connected and my goal is to get all the aspects of life and in your life in balance. And if you want to work with me, need my help with achieving your goals or need a cheerleader or you just want to have a chat and connect, then as always, just get your phone guys, head down to my Instagram at Monica underscore coach for women or my website and we can talk more there too. Because now, and now it's time to do some sharing and talking here with my amazing guest, Nairi Johnson. And the chosen subject of today is intentional imbalance. And in her words, an intentional imbalance is a way of merging your roles and responsibilities. A philosophy to ensure you can do what you love and do what you need to. So you can be involved with your own communities, groups or charities all at once. And with this, I can't wait to dive into this more. But not before I actually introduce you to this amazing guest. Nairi Johnson is a small business owner, author, writer and an ambassador for women in business and small businesses. Nairi also works as a workforce planning advisor for an electricity distributor and is passionately committed to her family and her community through volunteers activities. With an intense focus on empowering those around her, supporting her community and demonstrating the benefits of diversity and equality, Nairi works to instill and inspire confidence promote resilience and enable success now and into the future. Nairi, thank you so much for being on today's show. Thank you so much for having me, Monica. It's an absolute pleasure to be here. Thank you. I'm so excited to actually talk about this. But as always, now Nairi, you are in in the second season. And in the first season, I always had 
three introduction questions for my guests. But in this season, I was like, I would just to have two questions, two good questions to get you warmed up. So my first question to you is, what is something that motivates you and always will? So this might be a little bit of a morbid answer, but the thing that me and I actually wrote about this in a column very recently is death I do not want to come to the end of my life and wonder what if or have any regrets or wonder what would have happened if I took a different path Uh, so that is that's essentially it I want to live my best life and um, will do everything in my power to do that and won't be limited I Actually, I'm so big on that. So I'm actually happy that you actually said that because, well, not maybe that death motivates you, but it is the regret of not living, isn't it? Mm, Yes. And I, as a bit of a side note, live with a chronic pain condition. Mm. Um, I have quite a few things wrong with my back. And when I'm well, I'm well and I'm all in. Uh, So I never want to be limited by uh, mobility issues or pain thresholds hitting a limit that I can't quite function at. Uh, so I guess that's my my path to what it could be like um, if I'm not able to get out and about and do what I like. So mm. uh, the two go hand in hand. It's, it's the wanting to live a full um, and fulfilled life before I hit the end and wanting to use my mobility while I can. Yeah. And thank you so much for sharing that too, because I think for the listeners and for the people that are listening now, it is something that probably a lot of people can relate to. Mm. And a lot of people maybe get drawn into that too. And maybe you had that at one stage too, that, you know, sometimes it just feels all very heavy. And I have some friends and I have some clients that, you know, go through pain or anxiety or tiredness constantly. And it's, it can be very negative. So I'm very happy that you are here today and sharing your word, sharing your story just to, you know, to motivate others and to show others what's possible. So thank you so much. And for now, if you could change something in the world, what would you change? I tried to come up with a really amazing answer for this one. (laughs) And uh, I guess when I answer questions of myself, I just kind of say what comes out and don't filter it. So, and I would honestly admit, I'm not sure how to do this, but if I could change one thing in the world, it would be the way people treat each other. And I know that is a magic wand. Everybody just be nice. (laughs) Um, And it's not quite practical, but it is the one thing I'd like to change in the world. Do you know how big that already is to actually say and to actually wish that or that you could change that, you know, because I think a lot of people think straight away onto like, well, peace. Yeah, peace. We always want peace, you know. It's like a really common word to say or a really common thing to do or to to ask for. But I think changing people or letting them respect each other more, it could change so much. It could change, yeah, exactly the whole world. So Yeah, I think that's a beautiful answer. Yeah, I'm really excited for now because we are going to dive into the subject of today, a subject that you chose for today's show and the message you want to 
put out there is to motivate and inspire others with, and that is intentional imbalance. Can you tell me a little bit about the meaning or where you feel this is coming from? Hmm. So I think uh, intentional imbalance is something that I didn't realize I was doing myself naturally uh, until it kind of smacked me in the face. And I went, oh, my goodness, there's a name for this. (laughs) Um, So I quite often get accused of having more time in the day than most people. Uh, But the intentional imbalance is is more about, uh, I guess, understanding what it is that you want to be involved with and then just making it happen, prioritising it, um, recognising that not everything can be um, as crystal clear as eight hours work, eight hours rest, eight hours sleep um, or eight hours play, sorry. It's not that easy to get that ratio right. So the intentional imbalance is recognising that Sometimes there's more rest, sometimes there's more play, sometimes there's more work, for example. And it's uh, essentially about having juggling balls. And no, I'm not in the circus, (laughs) but uh, the juggling balls, I guess, it's recognising which ones are plastic and which ones are glass and can bounce. Um, So the plastic ones can bounce, obviously. Uh, So if you think about all of the different juggling balls that uh, women in particular carry and juggle and twirl around with and do fancy tricks with sometimes you need to let those plastic ones drop and uh, if you need to let the glass ones drop then you need to give them to someone trusted because you don't want to smash them and for me an example of that uh, my glass juggling balls are my family in particular my children so if if I'm out of action for a minute for whatever reason um, I will give my glass juggling balls to somebody that I value and trust and um, they will take care of those for me for a moment. Yeah, I love that example. And I love how you describe it in a very easy way. And also, in an, I think for some, and I know this because I, I heard you telling, telling us um, this before to, I think to the group, wasn't it? Um, because um, Nari and I um, have been working on the same book. I can still remember that you told that story. And I love the way you said, sometimes if I need to give my glass balls to somebody that I trust, I can do that. And I think mm. that just makes it easier for people to put it in, to put it in easier words, to put it in perspective, like, isn't it? I, yeah, very good. But how did you, because you said yourself, I wasn't, I didn't know that I was doing it. So how did you get so passionate about this and how did it evolve into your life? I guess when when people started asking me the question and why I was in so many groups and different organisations and different volunteering things and at the time my husband was working away in mining so uh, a majority of my home life I was here with three children on my own um, with amazing family support of course and When I first learnt the phrase, it's like all of these light bulbs went off in my head and I went, oh my goodness, this is exactly what I'm doing. This, I can use this to explain to people why I have an ability to bend time because I don't. I just Mm. use it very differently to most people. Honestly, the, the phrase that comes out of a lot of people's mouths is how do you do what you do? How do you do all of these things? And so I guess when I learnt about intentional imbalance, 
I researched it, I understood it, I made it relatable to the way I operated. And it's really easy now for me to answer that question when people ask me. I'm yeah. very intentional with an unbalanced life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because mm. you choose for it. But because mm. I've heard about the um, the phrase a couple of friends of mine do exactly, or, you know, you can put it in the in your life however it works for you. And that makes it so much easier and less stressful I feel and when we go or when we do some research and we go online what I found was a lot of speakers that talk about intentional imbalance and a lot of people write you know blogs about it or stories but let's say let's say now today if our listeners don't have time to do that what can you teach them today what will be of value and I think what you already mentioned about you know the juggle balls but anything that you think is of value or that you learned that they can implement straight away into their own daily lives? Mm. Um, I guess one of the biggest things I notice is quite often we find ourselves doing things that we feel we have to do or we're obligated to do or the roles that we hold um, as a wife, a partner, a mother, um, they they cause us default obligations, I guess. And when you think about what it is that you need to do and what's expected of you uh, versus what you actually want to be doing, you can prioritise them and make sure that you're only ever saying yes to things that align with your values, um, what you want to do, what makes your heart happy. Now, of course, that doesn't mean you're never going to go grocery shopping again because you don't like grocery shopping. <laughs> that's kind of a necessity. Uh, but it's about... For me, it's how can I find joy in the things that I'm doing? And if I get asked to do something that I'm not quite on board with, I just say no. Yes. So it's fine, like knowing yourself, and that takes a lot of work, trust me, I know. <laughs> and you would know too, Monica, being a coach for women in particular. So you really have to know yourself, unpack yourself, find out what it is that you're working towards. And then when it comes to all of the things that you involve yourself in in life, uh, when it aligns with that, it's easy and you love it and nothing's a chore. How can you not love her? I don't know. If the listeners are listening now, I'm like, yes, yes, yes. I'm like, praise you. <laughs> but it is so true. It's like, it is, I think, first of all, what you said, know yourself, know what you actually want to do. And we say so many times, and, and you know this in your friends, family, people that you work with, we say yes way too much and we give way too much. And a lot of things we actually, if we would have time more, we would probably enjoy them. But a lot of time it feels like a chore because that's like, oh, yeah, I need to do that too. Or, and I said yes to that. And I really like that you said, say no to the things that you can't do mm. and just say yes when you want to do them and mm. yeah find joy in, in in the little things or get it into or put it into like in an alignment for yourself and I think that all comes and and I I, I definitely see you as a big example of, especially for this and while we'll, why we are now talking about this subject because as you just said um, a lot of people ask you, how do you do what you do? 
and you are a busy, you know, you are a busy woman, you know, you have your business, you work with others, you have, you know, you work for um, other women, you help them. And then, you know, you want to do your family life. So it's a, it's a lot. And as you said, in the beginning, we have so many roles and we have so many things to do as women and we just do them. And we talked about this in your emails when you said what people ask you, like, how do you do what you do? How can you explain a little bit to us what you do in life and how it looks and how you help your clients or the people that you work with and having that family life? First of all, one of the biggest things uh, that I'm quite good at uh, and have been for a long time is I don't put too much pressure on myself. I am a bit of an overachiever. So there is a heap of pressure that I I can put on myself when deadlines are looming and things like that. But don't take yourself too seriously and have fun with life, uh, I guess is, is an essential message. And when I think about like what it is that I involve myself with, it they're all things that make me happy and they bring me joy. And I, I love to serve my community in particular and um, build youth resilience and confidence in particular. So doing work in that space is not hard. When I know what it is that I've got on my plate, I am quite particular with the way that I uh, plan my time. I'm very, very deliberate. Uh, and yes, I'm very deliberate with downtime being planned as well. Um, because one thing I would like to share with everyone as a bit of a side note, peak performers actually rest far more than people give them credit. So I, I don't actually, I don't consider myself a busy person. I have a heap more downtime than what anybody would ever realise. Uh, and it's because it's by design. So essentially, I I know exactly how much time I particular task will take me to do Um, and that can be my my work I'm expected to be there for 40 hours a week so I am there for 40 hours a week Uh, but when when it comes to things outside I know how long it takes me to plan a program for my youth members I know how long it takes me to write my column every week I know how long it takes me to write um, my my books that I'm working on my solo book at the moment I know what my my schedule is I guess and I prioritise that. And I use, um, in particular, uh, the Reminders app on my iPhone. And I use my Calendar app on my iPhone as well. And then I have probably 50 million different notebooks <laughs> uh, for different purposes. <laughs> and um, probably not 50 million, just a handful. <laughs> uh, so I use technology to my advantage. And uh, I, I guess I do have the unique skill of being able to plan and organize and be disciplined and structured. So I do appreciate that that does not come naturally to many people. It's just, if you can do little bits and pieces, not an overwhelming overhaul, uh, I kind of link it to, you know, people want to go into a fitness regime, which you'd be very um, well experienced at Monica. And all of a sudden they wake up one morning and want to run 10 kilometers. It doesn't work like that. You need to chip away at it and make small incremental changes that are deliberate and you need to prioritise them if that's something that you want in life. So, um, mm. yeah, I guess that's a bit of a summary. It's it's so good and it's so good how you explain things. Are you so much better in that because <laughs> first language is English and I just listened to it and I'm like, yes. And 
in that way, I'm a lot the same. And the things that you do, I do in the same ways, like the prioritizing things, dedication to the things, structure, and and knowing how long things take. Because I think that is so important because a lot of times what we tend to do is we sit around and we have our phone here, total distraction to anything like just be focused and then go to another. And then you have so much more time. What I always do, and maybe you do that too. I start in the morning. I know exactly what I'm doing that day. I have like a top three list. I don't make it longer than three to five things I need to do. And that just gives me so much more time. And if I have more time to do other things, I will. But in the end, you only have so much energy too. And so some people are really good in working in the morning. Some people are really good in the afternoons. It's also that knowing when you do your best work and doing it then. And then if you're done, be done with it. Do something fun. Life is way too short to constantly because in the end, you and me can always do stuff. Mm. You know, you can... Yes, you can make your whole day full of work and full of writing and full of like helping others and doing the, the site works that you need to do. But it is so much more fun to do fun things and to live, isn't it? Yes, and to be mindful. And the, and I'm not saying I'm perfect with my phone. It's one of the bugbears and you can get lost in that world of distraction. Yeah. Um, but I actually find that allowing yourself to be bored breeds creativity like amazing creativity just by not distracting yourself from tv and phones and just being yeah and use that in the time that you want to use like I'm not good in working at night or something like I've worked always in hospitality but like actually focus work and in writing and stuff I love to read at night time so I'm happy to do you know reading in 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 self-development book books or whatever but at nighttime is my time that I can chill. So mm. then I use, you know, the TV for just to zone out. And also going back to what you said, and if people are listening and are really struggling with doing the things that you said, the structure, it is exactly what Nairi just said. It is doing it step by step. It's that you're going to do a marathon tomorrow or you're going to do another competition or you're going to mm write a book tomorrow no it's like do something every day like it's a whole habit change and I see that and I hear that you also did so much self-development on yourself and that is key it's like working on yourself first and the rest will come and also listening to listening to a lot of leaders out there listening to a lot of podcasts and take away the things that you think is right for you Yes, definitely. Yeah. And it it doesn't have to be um, labor intensive study to work on yourself. It can be enjoyable. Some of the ways that I like to learn is just by observing others and they might not realize that they're teaching me, but they are. And I use my car time sometimes to listen to audio books, much to the disgust of my children. (laughs) If I'm (laughs) engrossed in a book. Yeah, but just little things like that. And then there's um, other workbooks that I might yeah. I might download and think, oh, this is a great self-reflection opportunity. Let's, mm. let's give this a go. Uh, yeah. I am quite privileged as well to work in, um, in a corporate organisation which offers an extensive amount of uh, leadership, growth and development opportunities as well. Mm. So I leverage those. 
Yeah. So you're really, really opening up for it. Else. Mm. Mm. That's so good. You work also a lot with business owners and especially small business owners. And I know you are very passionate about business too, as you also just said. And what mistake, hurdle or bump, so the listeners can hear this too, what are some of the things that you see a lot that small business owners do or go through? Yes, um, there's a few, <laughs> but I will choose just one. And, and my work with small businesses at the moment uh, is a labour of love. <laughs> I, it's a quite a passionate topic of mine. And uh, yeah, I, I just like to help people that are really really struggling. Number one, absolutely number one, there is a heap of business owners out there that don't know their numbers or they trust their bookkeeper and accountant to keep things running, but they don't actually have their finger on the pulse with how they're tracking. And if they were even to receive a summary or, or in a, um, a bit of a catch up with their bookkeeper or accountant, they wouldn't necessarily understand it, even if they were told what, what their current position was. And it's a tricky thing to teach or comprehend or understand, uh, but it has to be done. It's, it's a priority as a business owner to really understand your numbers. You might not be the person who's plugging in data, data in, data out and pulling reports, but you need to be able to understand what it means and where you're headed and if it aligns with uh, what your goals are, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Mm. and I think that's maybe a big thing like the last thing that you said, it needs to align with the goal that you have. And because a lot of times and numbers, yeah, like, hey, I don't like numbers, but I need to know my numbers just because does it work? Does it work what I do? Does it get or do I just put a lot of time in for nothing? Mm-hmm. What comes back to you in the end? It's nice to, you know, work for because you're passionate about your things that you do. But you need to get money out of it and it needs to be the amount that you think you deserve or that you're worthy of or it's worthy of your time and energy. So do you recognize that a lot with small owners that they find that because you said, you know, they find it hard to know their numbers, but also mm. to put themselves out there more or ask more or. Yes. Yeah. Uh, definitely a lack of understanding with numbers and mm. I'm, I'm still yet to create, I verbalise it with people that uh, might come to me or people who are thinking about starting businesses and um, I don't mean to crush their dreams, definitely not. Uh, but what I find is, and you would know as well, starting a business is more than just paying someone to create a logo and setting up a Facebook page. You actually need a structure. You need to know what the intention is for the business and how you're going to get there and what it takes to actually, as you said, earn a living. We, we all do need to earn money to live, to yeah. eat, to have a roof over our heads. That's not a secret. So knowing what you're worth and, and the unique talent and skill that you've got to offer the world and how you can leverage that, how you can market it. Yeah, uh, yeah because at the end of the day, we need to eat. Yeah, exactly. And also getting unstuck in the things that you've been stuck in because a lot of times it's like it's such a tunnel vision and that's so normal and so human to do so if people are now going through that don't blame yourself for that but just get help you know even just to even if you don't think you can invest 
even a tiny bit, it's so worth to just get a coach, just get somebody like Niray to just to help you out. Even if it's just for a couple of hours, you will, it will just blow your mind, isn't it? Like I've worked, you know, I'm a coach, but I do work with coaches too. And it's, it's so sometimes so mind blowing, but also mind opening into like, oh, I didn't thought about that. Oh, how yes. could I not? You know, and then uh, so normal. <laughs> no, and you say it to everybody else, but then yourself, you're like so stuck into, uh, yeah, yeah, into ideas. I literally or... sent a text message this morning <laughs> that said, I know this is the purpose of coaching, but oh my goodness, how did I not see this? <laughs> <laughs> no. I know. I sent this to a woman that I work with. She is amazing. Uh, yeah. But yes, I'm like, how, how, like, I, I think I'm a half clever person. Like, how did I not see this? <laughs> and it, it doesn't matter. Like, and, and again, I, I love that you said that in the beginning, like the most biggest leaders and, and people out there, they have way more time than you think. And it's because of that too. They also have still, you can be Oh my God, you can be Elon Musk and they, and he works with people. Everybody needs a cheerleader from time to time. And that's something that is just what we need to accept and be okay with that too. And just embrace that we as humans are here to help. We are not, we need connection and we sometimes mm -hmm. need others to help us. And that's all fine. And, and I'm actually going totally on a different road here. So let's get back to, to what we talk. I love that. <laughs> but I think this um, exactly what you're saying is um, I think your listeners need permission to surround themselves with people that have the skills that they don't. Mm. And it's okay not to know how to do everything. Mm. But if you know how to access the people that do know how to do the things that you don't, that's okay. Yes. Like one person didn't build the Rome. world you know, yeah that's <laughs> it well Rome. one person didn't do that lots of people did and strong leaders surround themselves with people who have the skills that they don't yeah. or they surround themselves by people who are better than them yes. because that's how we achieve big things yes it's always something that my it's an old boss that always says it even though I was the manager for him but he says you get people in your team that are better than you because you will yes. learn from them and they and the, then the team gets bigger and that's in your business too because if we are talking about business here and small business owners making the choices what would you say or what would you give small business owners as an advice or to implement intentional imbalance in that way yeah i guess when you're working when, sometimes when you're working in your business, it can be really hard to pull yourself out and work on your business, but it's really critical. And even if you can only do it for an hour a week, that is better than nothing. Mm -hmm. So if you take yourself out of the game for a minute and think about where you're headed and why and what that means from a numbers perspective and, and will there be a return on the investment of your time essentially, then you can help tweak and fine tune uh, your business so that when you're back in working in it, uh, you're actually still driving your goals and your objectives and you're developing your team. Yeah. Mm. I'm just, I just, while you were talking, while you were saying these things, I was just thinking maybe we need to do a series only for small business owners because I think there's so many 
there's so many small business owners or entrepreneurs out there that, and they popping up because, you know, this is the new generation of, because 40, 40 years ago or my parents' generation that are mm-hmm. now around the 60s and 70s, you didn't see that a lot, that a lot of people worked for themselves. Now, mm-hmm. pretty much every 20-year-old is going out there, is finding something that aligns with their life and aligns with their values. And they're creating a business out of that. Mm-hmm. But I think it's so important because the foundation is not there on a lot that's of, why. yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's why yeah. so many businesses shut down within the first couple of years or even the first 12 months because, yeah. um, and I can't take credit for this. Uh, I read it in a book. Um, the what happens when a person starts their own business is they have what's called an um, entrepreneurial spasm is what mm. this author um, mentions. And it's so, so say you're a plumber and you're working for someone else and then you kind of, you know, you have a tensioned relationship with the business owner and you've got all of the skills and you're earning all of the money, but you're only getting paid an hourly rate. So then you decide you have an entrepreneurial spasm that you've had enough of working for someone else and you want to work for yourself. Uh, But what they don't realize is it takes three roles to build and run a business. So you need the technician or the trade or the skill, you need the manager and you need the entrepreneurial drive. There's three unique skills and roles that need to happen to create a business and a successful one. You can't just be the technician and run a business because the sheer volume of foundation setting that is required uh, is is why people exist to help small businesses get off the ground like this. Mm. Yeah. And in those three roles, there's so many different little roles, like marketing, like doing the advertisement. You know, there's so many little things that you also need to deal with. And it's like, if you think about tradies tradies who all of a sudden then need to organise their own insurance, then they need to set up bank accounts, then they need to... Pension, yeah. Do actually like actual admin work, which that is not their skill set. And I'm being very stereotypical here, but a lot of maybe a lot of plumbers don't have admin skills. Yeah. Uh, some do, some don't. So yeah. yeah, it's it's a little bit more than creating a logo and um, yeah. yeah, setting yeah. up a website. <laughs> For the last question, Nere. Now, I work a lot with um, balance and and for myself and personally, balance is a key in my life and for my clients and in the work I do with them. And how it feels for me and to this subject, that is exactly what balance for me feels like, doing what I want to do, the time I spend and the planning I do and all about all putting in in that sense that you just said. Now, we know all these things and all the things that we talked about don't work for everyone, but how do I feel that the word and the explanation, what you just said, that intentional imbalance, it just makes it easier for people to implement in their lives. And it mm. feels like less of a weight or if they want to you know, achieve their goals. How do you feel about the words balance? And if we talk in, in, in that way, how do you feel about the words balance and intentional imbalance? And do you feel personally that there is a big difference or that? Um, I think it is what it what it means to you, I guess, mm. because as you said, you're exactly right. An intentional imbalance, as as I've described it, is exactly what you call balance. So it's mm. it's what's relevant to you. I guess the traditional 
you know, work-life balance um, that gets thrown around a lot, that is BS and that yeah. doesn't exist uh, in, in our current day. So an intentional imbalance, I guess, is giving you permission to drop some things sometimes. That's okay because your priorities are somewhere else for a short period of time. You know, one of the biggest things that I say to people all the time is stop apologising. Just stop. Don't say, sorry, I can't make it to X, Y, Z. Say, thank you for inviting me, but I'm not able to attend this time. Um, just stop apologising. Take control of your life. You cannot control what's happening around you, but you can control your response to it. And that's where your power lies. So when it comes to an intentional imbalance, there's two words that literally give you permission to do what you like, when you like, as long as it aligns with your values and doesn't hurt anybody. It was such an, an eye-opener for me when I talked to you and when I did the research on it that I was like, oh my God, this is what I do. And But it makes it so much easier to use for others. So I'm definitely going to use this word way more often to make it clearer that that is actually what we wanted that we want to do. So maybe the practice of intentional imbalance will lead you to full balance. Because in the end, it's just a word. Yes. And what you said before to stop apologizing and creating the life that you want to live and don't say sorry for things and don't say yes on a lot of things. It's exactly, you know, I like a couple of years ago, and a lot of people do, they say the word busy always busy, stressed, stuff like that. I stopped using that word. I don't mm. even use that word with my clients. I don't use it for myself. And sometimes here and there, it still pops up, but it's like, it's a practice, you know, getting rid of those words will make it so much less stressful. Because if you say you're busy, it feels like something is, it's negative. But mm. if you say I'm occupied with things that I like, or I'm doing, you know, I'm doing the work that I like. And yes, it's maybe sometimes fuller on than the other day, but never say it's busy because in the end for busyness, you choose to be busy mm. as I, how I feel. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I don't like using the word busy either um, because, yeah, it's just sometimes, as you said, sometimes you've got a full plate, sometimes it's a little lighter on. And that's yeah. exactly, exactly what the intentional imbalance is. Yeah. Um, and then when it's a bit lighter on, on, you know, a workload front, then that's your rest time um, yeah. or your play time or yeah. whatever it is that you would like to do. And one of the questions I said, you know, you are a busy woman and I, and for a lot of people, it feels like that's what they see because they think, oh my God, that's so full on. But it's yeah. everything that you, yeah, you're occupied with things you like to do. You choose yeah. for your work. Otherwise, if that's too much stress for you, go to another job. And I know that's easier said than done, but you always have a choice. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I 100% agree. If you're not happy in your, in your job, it's not worth all the money in the world. You need to find something else mm. and something that, you know, you enjoy going to do every day. And for me, like people do say, why, why do I still have my corporate role when I have a couple of businesses? I love my career. I love my employer. Uh, I, I am so happy. It is not a chore to get up and go to work every day. If it was, I would leave. Yeah. 
it is that simple. Yeah. I would not stay. Mm. Yes. I think that's a, a very good takeaway to leave this podcast with, but also I just want to have a couple of takeaways from the show because what I learned today just by listening to you is, and I think the listeners too, and how your life is could be an example for a lot of people where they can work towards too. And that's like, okay, death maybe doesn't have to motivate everybody, but it is such a good thing to see you don't want to have regrets at the end of your life. It is living. It is doing the things that you like, saying less that you're sorry, saying no to more things. The work that you do needs to be aligned with what you want to do. And of course, intentional imbalance that you can take away. And yeah, the glass balls and the plastic balls. I love that example. And I think that's a huge thing. Do you have anything to add on to that? I think you've summarised it quite nicely. I I just, yeah, would also like to share that just don't put too much pressure on yourself and be kind to yourself. Yeah. If you wouldn't say nasty things to your friend, don't say them to yourself in the mirror. Yes, exactly. Fill your heart with love and mm. do it in an intentional imbalanced way. Yes. <laughs> thank you so much for being here for all your shared knowledge i really 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 enjoyed talking to you it was so easy i can't believe that we all almost i think almost an hour my god i normally say it's uh 20 minutes but it went so easy and i hope for the listeners too so please reach out if you have any comments uh, about the show and what you liked about it and what you took away from it thanks again naray for this time and energy on the show Yes, you are very welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Now, I bet you want to know more about Nure and want to work with her. Then go to her website or socials at nurejohnson.com.au. And as always, as all other information, I will definitely put in the show notes and the description. Thank you, Nure, for being here. All right, all right, all right, awesome motivators. That was already the ending of this episode. But before we go, I would love to ask you if you like this episode and if so, the podcast, then share this with your friends or on your Insta stories and tag me in it at Monica underscore coach for women as this will totally help the podcast grow. And with that, we're working on motivating women all around the world together. And I would, of course, love to hear your thoughts and see where the motivation is going to. And if you're ever thinking of achieving your biggest goal and working with me, as your coach or cheerleader in your life, health or business, then please reach out on my Insta, Facebook or go to my website, heramazonianhealth.com, where all the information and packages are and, you know, you can get a taste of the rest of my life and business a bit. All right, guys, hope to see your amazing soul soon again on Motivation.